You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Ancient tools and burials, plants and seeds, Neanderthals. Welcome to the Archaeological Fantasies Podcast, Episode 90. Your host today is Sarah Head with her co-hosts Ken Fader and Jeb Card. Today's their first episode of 2018. Happy New Year. Today they take another look at executive orders that are affecting places like Bears Ears. They look over the laws that actually protect sites like Bears Ears and discuss what may or may not happen if the executive orders are passed. They also report back on 2017, what they've learned and how they've grown since they started the podcast. Thanks to everyone who listens and thanks to the contributors that help put a great podcast out every other week, which includes the producers. Get ready to think critically. Are you getting it? Maybe? Digging in a trench, monument. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Archaeological Fantasies Podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and I am joined today with my co-hosts, Ken Fader and Jeb Card. How's it going, guys? It's, it's going well now. Um, just finished grading, and so that's been kind of... A, a, a real ordeal, but now I'm done with that. So yep. mine went today too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got my grades back today, and I'm they are satisfactory. So I am I'm happy. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I'll say my students did very well. My student, my students did very, very well. Good. See, well, mine's, good. A, mine's a real a real mixed bag, but I will now be getting emails from students who will question why they got the D in the class. And then you have to instruct them on how to determine an average, and then they stop emailing me. Yeah, and you also have to tell them this is where the class was, so that <laughs> in case you ever thought you might have attended. Um, <laughs> no, you know, the, the, here's the thing: that's not that's that's funnier or not funny at all, because I actually had a student who missed the first month of the semester, and who came into class, and I said, well, where have you been? He said, well, I couldn't find the class, and every time I went looking for it, nobody could tell me where it was, and this was a month into the semester. Oh, my goodness. That's 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 fantastic. It's a, isn't that, a, that's, that is astonishing. Um, I feel kind of sorry and, for your student, actually. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that he was actually telling me the truth, but... Um, well, that's it. That's a, it's an interesting approach. <laughs> it's a new one. Much of this year, much of this year, people have been been you know talking about fake news and alternative facts. But reading the stuff that that the Secretary of the Interior Zinke has said about why we need to to reassess these national monuments, and it's not just Bears Ears; it's Bears Ears and Grand Stairway, the Escalante, but yeah. a bunch of others. Uh, reading what he has said, listening to what he has said in press conferences, and listening to what the senators and representatives in Utah have some of them have said, and what supporters of shrinking Bears Ears have said. Um, it's not just fake news or or alternative facts. It's an appropriation of the language. So they say things, and I think I understand what those words mean, but they mean them in ways that are entirely different from how I understand what I understand those words to mean. It is Orwellian. I say, um, hasn't, hasn't Bears Ears always been at war with East Asia? Perhaps, yes. Well, there, there's the deal, actually. You know, if you've all read 1984, right, Orwell's dystopian novel about the future, Big Brother, um, war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. And Big Brother tells you that's those those, those words are the equivalent, war and, and peace, same thing. Uh, and that's what I hear about, about Bears Ears and these other national monuments. Uh, I'll give you three examples. I, I have heard over and over again the fact that, the, that by Obama 
making bears making this area the new national monument that it was the biggest land grab in the history of the united states how much think, uh, how, how much uh, how much land was grabbed ken um let's see if you let's see we'll do the mouth carry the three zero acres <laughs> but here's the that thing. is a lot of acres if you divide by it it makes a number that doesn't exist I, I, don't we all know what land grab means? Connecticut in the year 2000. I the, think uh, the, we don't the, know what it means, though, Ken. That's yeah, but well, well, they, they've stolen these words. We can't use it. It's war is peace. Uh, in the year 2000. Ken, Ken, city- Ken, are you are you are you a fracking company or some other kind of uh, extraction company? Um, not that I am aware are, of. Are you mining for uranium? Yes, you mining for uranium. Is somebody going to make you slightly less money in the future? With uranium off of uh, a public good? No, 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 again, not that I'm aware of. Well, then clearly you don't have a land grab problem. (laughs) And listen, the city city of New London, Connecticut, in the year 2000, as part of an economic development plan, coveted a parcel of land for – a shopping mall or for office build uh, office um, building, and they were working with Pfizer Pharmaceutical, that's you know, obviously a big pharmaceutical company, and they were going to make a ton of money and, and improve New London's economic outlook. The problem was the land already had a uh, a working class neighborhood of single family homes on that property, and then for for decades, um, most of the people who lived there did not want to sell the land to New London. They, they, what they, they used the eminent domain clause and they, they grabbed their land. They paid them, but the people didn't want to sell, went to the Supreme court of the United States, sided with the city of New London. New London went out there, took everybody's land, bulldozed their houses. It's 17 years later. That property is a vacant lot. That's a land grab. That's a land grab. The federal government saying, you know, we have this land already. We're going to put a, a line around it and say we're going to add extra protection. You, you're not allowed to use the word land, the term land grab, because that that's not what land grab means. That's because you're that's, that's because you're an elitist, Ken. It's because you're an elitist. I must be. No, well, yes, well, exactly. <laughs> and how about this one though? Um, he, this Zinke had the temerity to talk about. Opening that Bears Ears back up to traditional uses of the land. When I hear the term traditional use, I think of, all right, Native Americans collect medicinal plants there. I think uh, uh, evangelical Christians baptize their people in that stream. That's something they've done for generations. That's a traditional Use. Oh, traditional Ken. use is not coal mining. Oh, Ken. Look, Ken, the coal <laughs> is really old. That makes it traditional. <laughs> I guess it does. Jed does have a point. You're talking about fossil fuels. I mean, if they're fossils, that makes them older than everything else there. I, I guess. You know, <laughs> listen, I think of if I, supposing you lived in an apartment complex, an apartment building in a major city, and there was a little park, a little city park across the street. And the problem is that the park, you couldn't bring your kids to the park because it was uh, uh, used by, by intravenous drug users to shoot up. And then you got the police and social service to get those people in a program and clean up the park. So now we can bring our kids there. Do you think next year a politician could run on a platform of let's return that park to its traditional use as a, a den for IV drug use? Um, I don't think you would win, uh, but but you could argue that, well, in, it was traditionally used for that purpose. That's yeah. not how most people mean 
traditional. And yet that's exactly what they're saying. Ken, Ken, I think you're being, I think you're being a little elitist here. I mean, the government did just kind of come in and in the dark of night, snatch up all of this land that was for native American use. And then just like erected a giant wall around all of it with electrical barbed wire well, and stopped letting was, people. It was the black even helicopters, the black helicopters arrived in the middle of the night and, and took the land. Well, I will say this. I just want to say a thing. Um, there have been several things involving this that are somehow involved with Whitefish, Montana. Zinke is from there, other things. And if we have yeah. any listeners in Whitefish, Montana, please tell me if, if you are, if you need help. Um, th- this was the same place that the, uh, the Puerto Rico, the, the Whitefish Energy, the, the people that got in so much trouble in Puerto Rico. Uh, which right. is still, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is still having right. massive problems with, with electricity. And, and there was some other recent connection there. And I'm like, is this an opening to the reptilian bases underground? Is that what's happening? I don't, be- I don't believe in such a thing, but you know, um, well, when you read the New York times about what's going on, it could be Jeb. It could be. Oh, I mean, I'm going to get to that before we get any further into this, because we obviously have opinions and that's cool. Um, we did do an episode on bears ears and, and, and all of that before, but can we kind of in the last, I don't know, 10-ish minutes of the segment, can we kind of give a little background yeah. on what Bears Ears is, uh, national staircases, and why these are important sites to have in the public domain, which is where they were before all of this happened. And why this shrinking of the space is actually not as great as people think it is. Let me talk. uh, There's one more term, though. I have to throw in one more term that they've stolen, and that is special interests. All right. And we all know what special interest means, right? Uh, When I read. Is it special interest band? Isn't that one of the new band words that the CDC is not allowed to say anymore? Wasn't one of those air? Anyway, continue. Yes, but it's like it's like remember remember George Carlin's routine about the words you can't say on television. Well, now we got words you can't say in government. Yeah, and, and apparently, it's, turns out science-based evidence is one of them. I guess. So anyway, let me get back to this. Um, when you read, it, this is my interpretation. Um, the Secretary of the Interior and the people who support him characterize a, as a special interest people who like to go outside. So if you like going outside, you are a special, you're a, well, you're a member of a special interest group. If people who like to, to walk a little bit, hike outside or to see a beautiful unspoiled vista or to drive, if you drive through a, a, a beautiful landscape and maybe <laughs> see some rock art or an archeological site, you are a special interest, but that the, the non-special interests are people who own coal mining companies and uranium mining companies. It's, it is, it is war is peace. It is freedom is slavery. It is ignorance is strength. You guys are special interests, but the people who are making a ton of money by mining uh, minerals or fossil fuels, they are not a special interest. I don't, you know, you can, you can um, agree with Zinke, you can agree with the people who want these monuments shrunk, but my God, use the language the way Noah Webster, who by the way lived in Connecticut, intended it to be used. You just want them to be honest. Oh, that, am I asking too much, you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was was not entirely cynical. I mean, basically, that's that's your issue here is the thing is, is, look, people actually want these monuments unless 
with rare exceptions, they are involved in various industries that would make profit off of them. Right. Um, there are some other reasons. There are people that talk about that, that don't like federal um, meddling in local things. But if you poll Americans asking if they want a national monument to protect our archaeological, cultural, historical, and natural heritage and resources, you're probably not going to get a small percentage approving on that. You simply aren't. People actually really do care about elements of the past. They care the polls, about the polls national that we're, Yeah, polls. They've been doing polls for years now. It's like in the mid-90%. 90, 95% of people in the United States say, we love those national monuments and national parks and we right. want to preserve them. Right. And that's, that's why they have to change the language, though. I mean, this is a tactic that we've seen... And I mean, I'm stepping outside of the realm of archaeology at this point, but um, this is a tactic that's been used over the years by many groups who want to change or take back certain aspects of society that they don't particularly agree with for whatever fucking reason. And so the way that they do that, because if they come out right away and they're like, no, I want to go in for uranium and bears ears because reasons, everybody's going to be like, no, we don't want that. But if they come out and they change the definition of the words that people are already using and they change how those words are used and they make them bad, then it's a lot easier to change and control the narrative. And then you can get people to be like, oh, hey, you're not mining for uranium in bears ears. You're giving the land back to the people. Oh, and yeah, see how much better that sounds? And there's a real East Coast, West Coast thing going on here, too, in that the language they're using is the, 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 it's the Easterners who don't have to deal with these things, who don't need these resources, that these resources aren't going to enrich them. They want to lock these things up so that we cannot use them the way we traditionally have, that we are we are the special interests well, in that. Luckily, in that. luckily, it's luckily it's not like there's a big you know huge real estate owner from new york and new jersey in charge that would make such a decision luckily that is not the case (laughs) that's a that's an externally good point right i want to bring up one more point before we talk about bears specifically and that is the very dark undercurrent that at this point may represent a a very small fringe part of this but if you read enough about what's about the the making bears ears smaller this is for some people merely a first step in ultimately eliminating all national monuments and national parks because the claim is made that the federal government of the united states has no legal right to own any land, any land outside of Washington, D.C. I will I will say this. Despite the fact that you just invoked crazy and and you said fringe, fringe. Uh, yeah. you, you'd think I would be all over that. I, that assumes a level of competence in the people that want to do such things that I, right. I don't see. Well, the, the, this is this is a that's a good thing. Um, um, well, that they don't have that they're incompetent. No, I mean, I, I don't even mean incompetent. I mean, even like short sighted. Like, uh, I I don't want to get into that. I don't I don't want to get into that. Ah, I, I I I would not put it past certain ideologues. Um, at the same time, the la- we talked about various and sundry. Uh, I have a I have a thing I do want to bring up uh, when when we do come back, um, but uh, we talked about various predictions. And we'll come to that. And I guess what I was going to say was there are various cer- certain things that I actually feel a little less concerned about, simply because even people I disagree with can be bad at their jobs. <laughs> that's that's helpful. All right, all right. Let's um 
Let's go to break real quick. And when we come back, sure. let's uh, give you a little bet. bit of history on this Bears Ears uh, problem because we've given our opinions. Now, would you like to know what we're talking about? Uh, and then I think we have kind of a special chatter for the last half of the show. So stick around. This network is supported by our listeners. You can become a supporting member by going to arcpodnet.com slash members and signing up. As a supporting member, you have access to high-quality downloads of each show and a discount at our future online store and access to show hosts on a members-only Slack team. For professional members, we'll have training shows and other special content offered throughout the year. Once again, go to arcpodnet.com slash members to support the network and get some great extras and swag in the process. That's arcpodnet.com slash members. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Archaeological Fantasies podcast and we are still talking about Bears Ears and I would like to give our listeners who may not have heard the prior episode a little bit of history on what Bears Ears is. Are we talking about literal bear ears or we're talking about a national monument? Um, the <laughs> I mean, it's a legitimate question for some people. Yes. Uh, the staircase monuments, uh, that one was also up. And there's a variety of other uh, national monuments that are being challenged by this stupid idea, um, which all have a very interesting minority thread to them that doesn't seem to be affecting non-minority national monuments. But again, that's another conversation. But Ken, can you tell us a little bit about what Bears Ears is and why it was sure. made a national monument in the first place? Yeah. Right. Bears Ears is the most recently named or designated national monument. We have 129 national monuments in the United States. 23 of them, around 23 of them, have as a major focus Native American culture history. And the others are – there's both, both – um, Colonial history, European history, um, or or are are it's the natural beauty that has um, uh, inspired the designation. And these are all desi- these years, are all designated under the Antiquities Act. The Antiquities Act of 1906. That was the brainchild of Theodore Roosevelt. Um, I will read you the very briefly. This is Section Two of the Antiquities Act. The President of the United States is hereby authorized, in his discretion, to declare by public proclamation historic landmarks, historic and prehistoric structures, and other objects of historic or scientific interest that are situated upon lands owned or controlled by the government of the United States to be national monuments and may reserve as a part thereof parcels of land, the limits of which in all cases shall be confined to the smallest area compatible with proper care and management of the objects to be protected. So what that says is the president has that the president has the right to unilaterally take federal land, land that's already administered by the federal government. It can be Bureau of Land Management. It can be National Park Service. It can be uh, what fisheries and wildlife. It can be the Department of Defense. Lands that are owned by and administered by the federal government can be named national monument. And in again, part of the, the law, and this is the thing that's going to come up in the court cases, is this phrase that it has to be um, the limits shall be the, confined to the smallest area compatible with proper care. The thing about Bears Ears, Bears Ears right now or before um, Trump uh, uh, the, the Department of the Interior, the Secretary of the Interior, Zinke, just declared that this is going to be shrunk. It was 1.3 million acres. And I know that sounds like a ton of land. And so the argument in court will be, well, that's that's way more than we need to set aside in a national monument. 
the fact is, and I've been in the area and I've spent a bunch of time down in southeastern Utah and the, the density of archaeological resources, the density of the rock art and, and ancient prehistoric sites and uh, uh, cliff dwellings and surface dwellings is incredibly high. Um, it's argued that it may be about as high as you get anywhere in the United States. And so there were, there were actually decades of, 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 uh, discussions and compromises made about what would be the smallest unit possible in which we could provide um, protection for this density of resources. Originally, the, the hope was that this would be a, a nearly 2 million acre national monument. It was negotiated down to 1.3. Well, Could you... Go ahead. Well, let me ask Ken, uh, is is this because it's the unique nature of this place or is this also maybe reflecting how archaeology, I'm thinking of landscape archaeology, how archaeology has changed, how it uh, it understands things like, you know, the, the idea of a site is is a very, in some ways, I don't want to use it's an artificial. Yeah. You see what I'm asking? Yeah. Yeah. And Jeb's absolutely correct. Um it is extraordinarily difficult. You know, biologists these days say, you know what? Drawing a circle around a bunch of animals and calling that a species and drawing a, a circle around another group of animals and say, well, that's an absolutely separate species is, is ignores the complexities of, of, um, uh, of animal life on the planet. Drawing a circle around a scatter, a lithic scatter or around um, some architecture and saying, okay, that's the end of the site and now out there is non-site that that also ignores the complexities of the archaeological yeah. record, which is a palimpsest that goes on for thousands of years. And in this particular part of the world, it is extraordinarily difficult to, to make any kind of a definitive circle and say, all right, once you get past here, there is nothing. And that was part of the negotiation giving Bears Ears of 1.3 million acres was the notion that, well, you, you could kind of isolate and eliminate some areas, but then you would have – 1.2 million acres and you'd have 26 national monuments. Um, this is the same kind of thing that we deal with all the time in I, I – I sit on the um, Historic Preservation Review Board in Connecticut. So any of the, the nominations for a national register for our state come through that board before we send it along to the Department of the Interior. And when people designate historic districts, there's always this, well, how big do the, can the district be? We don't want it to be so small that we eliminate important resources, but we recognize that when we make, make a big circle around a district, there will be pockets within that circle that don't quite qualify. And so there's always this negotiation. Um, and that's what happened with Bears Ears. That it, again, the, the archaeological record is so dense as we now define it that it really was you couldn't you couldn't cut out any more of it without eliminating important resources from within the, that, those borders. But again, remember, this is all federal land in the first place. So again, right. it's not like they were taking land from the state of, of Utah or taking land from private landowners. This was all federal land in the first place. Well, and I think that gets, I think that gets back to what you were saying earlier where I, I sort of poo-pooed a little. I don't think we're going to see a revocation of the idea of federal land but that doesn't mean that there are people that believe in the concept that that there are not people that believe in that do not believe in the concept of federal land oh absolutely and there's a much broader and 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 longer discussion here about 
how folks in the West perceive the federal government in terms of land controlled by the BLM and by the, the Forest Service. Look, my state of Connecticut, there's less than 1% of the land yeah. in Connecticut is is owned and administered by the federal government. Jeb, I think for Ohio, it's 2 or 3% maybe. I don't know, but I wouldn't. In, that sounds about right. In Utah, it's more than 65%. Yeah. In Nevada, it's 81%. That's not because the federal government wants to control people's land. It has. There's a long history that involves the – I mean, after all, remember, this was all Native American land, and the federal government ended up getting it through treaty by war, um, in some cases by, by purchase. And then the federal government's this in the 19th century, the federal government's um, goal was to distribute that land to people to get people to move west. The Homestead Act, 1862, they give you 160 acres if you moved west, and all you had to do was a little paperwork and and file a claim to the land, and you got free land. The problem is, you look at Utah and you look at Nevada, and that land is not good farmland. The good farmland was taken up by people following the Homestead Act and subsequent laws, but so a lot of that land was locked up by the federal government initially because nobody wanted it and now the federal government at the same time realized you know we have these these wonderful resources these terrific places that maybe we'd like to set aside we are a wealthy enough nation that we can set places aside for the future for 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 recreation for hunting and fishing for for hiking and climbing and for doing archaeological research and that's that was all that's what bears is is all about it is an incredibly dense an area that is incredibly dense with archaeological resources that if you start picking and choosing and starting cutting things out you are going to leave behind some very important archaeological sites rock art sites and cliff dwellings and on and on and on and that the federal government you know with obama when obama was president decided you know this was <laughs> this was worthy of protection well and it's like but they don't yeah, but, well here's the thing ken I'm sure everybody in the federal government agrees that this Native American focused monument is is worthy of protection because it's not like anyone at the top of the federal government, especially let alone at lower levels, would, for example, go on national and international television and, I don't know, use racial slurs in front of Native Americans. That would never happen two weeks ago. You know... <laughs> Here's one of the things I, I kind of wanted to get out there because it's in front of code talkers, well, in front of veteran code talkers, yes, that yes. would never occur. But the problem, I think, uh, I don't think the president believes that Native American people are real. Like, I literally do not think he believes that Native Americans exist, and so I don't think there's ever going to be anything you could say to change his mind about protecting native lands because he simply does not believe these people are real. I don't know what he thinks they are because obviously they are people. They were standing in front of him, but I don't. I, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get into psychoanalysis. I'm really not. I'm not that's not. That's not a joke. No, like, but I don't I, have an. I don't have an. But opinion I think on that. that affects a lot of this, and I and there's other political bullshit that went into his decision for this, and that's why we're losing the land. I don't think he sees the value of it one way or the other, other than then his quote unquote special interest groups have convinced and or paid him enough money to chop these places up for him for them. 
You know, th there's there's actually there's a, an interesting broader history here. You know, a lot of of national monuments when they were originally designated, there was a lot of local opposition for many of the same reasons we're hearing now regarding bears ears. By the way, there, the bears ears it, it's a geological feature. It's a couple of mountains that it looks like two bears ears, and so it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful vista. That's why it's called bears ears. But um, I'm going to read. This is from um, when when Yellowstone right, right, right. was named. Um, this is before, before before National Monument. It was going to be. They were talking right. about setting it aside and not allowing. What's the um, date on exploitation, that? Mineral exploitation. There you go. 1872. There's the month. is Helena Gazette published. We regard the passage of the act to protect the area as a great blow struck at the prosperity of the towns of Bozeman and Virginia City. When Mount Olympus National Park, which is in what, Washington, um, was named a newspaper, we would be fools to let a lot of foolish sentimentalists tie up the resources of the Olympic Peninsula in order to preserve its scenery. And then is late 1962, Utah Senator Wallace Bennett, he said, this is regarding the naming of Arches, Bryce, Zion, Capitol Reef, and Canyonlands, which are the five big national parks in, in Utah. He said, all commercial use and business activity would be forever banned, and nearly all of southern Utah's growth would be forever stunted. So the, 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 the hysteria about how, oh, my God, you're naming Bears Ears, this is going to completely destroy the economy of Utah – Right. We have heard this before, and then, of course, billions of dollars, billions of tourist dollars, including exactly. a lot of foreign money, comes in because people right. want to see these areas. Um, and you know, it's it's it, you, you just it's it's very hard. It's hard to to understand this without looking at it in historical context. The deal here is. Um, there are folks who want to mine coal, folks who want to mine uranium, folks who want to drill for oil and gas, folks who want to um, to timber the land to, to to cut down trees, and folks who want to graze their cattle on the land. Um, there definitely will be there. They will definitely curtail the uh, mining, mineral extraction, but timbering and and grazing are, is still going to continue in the area within Bears Ears. That's something that the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, right. has long done, and they will continue doing that. Um, the federal government has come has outright said these these traditional uses of the area contained within the Bears Ears are going to continue. I suppose if you're really paranoid, you say, well, yeah, of course the government's going to say that, but they're lying. Well, if I can't um, convince you with facts, I then I can't convince you. I mean, that's what you have to say to those people. Well, I'd, right. I'd like to, I think we are, we are probably... We got about five minutes yet. I think we're probably coming... Okay, well, then I'll, then I'll start it here then. Let, let me, let me, let's just go here. Sure. Um, today is the, the 19th of December. And the the House just passed its its tax bill and it's passing on to the Senate, and right. and this bill has been uh, routinely described by by many analysts who know things more than I do as an open hostility uh, of some states versus others. You know the the idea that this will that this will in essence uh, have more impact on some states, red states and blue states. Um, and and this is not a surprise. So I, I guess where I'd like to take this, because I think that you all are talking about wonderful things about why we should protect this and why we should protect that um, and using reason and arguments. And my response to that would be, well, 
and as as Sarah was basically just saying, that's not going to fly. Like we're we're not in a place where reasoned arguments are are going to work, and and I think what that leads us into is. Uh, we'd like this to be sort of our first of the year or end of the year kind of, you know, where have we been? We did we did this last year. Um, and we talked about how the stuff that we talk about is more relevant than ever. Right. The 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 stuff involving uh, epistemology, the stuff involving how the hell do we know what we know? Um, claims, fake claims and conspiracy, because it's not like. We haven't had daily. We we are now in conspiracy land. Mm-hmm. We are we are now in conspiracy land. Uh, never mind that the president is someone who has been a huge supporter of numerous conspiracy theories. He he accused uh, one of his rivals of being the son of a co-conspirator, a potential co-conspirator in the JFK assassination. Right. He, right. he alleged other conspiracies. Uh, during all of this, he's continuing to allege conspiracies inside the FBI. And and to be fair, there are criminal investigations, including some guilty pleas of actual conspiracies amongst his 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 peoples or things that look like conspiracy. Um, we are we, this is where we are. Like this is this is now our this daily is reality. This is our daily bread. Oh, never have I understood the world better than I do at this very moment. Uh, <laughs> and I, I really wish that wasn't true. And we've it's said this before. Isn't it? You know. Uh, I mean, n- never mind that I that you're, there there were there was some crap that I'd love to talk about, but it's not very archaeological uh, involving the United States government and UFOs conspiracy theory on the front page of the New York Times, including written by by a, a ufologist, uh, one of the authors. Um, that that happened. Good stuff. But this this is right. this is where we are, where we have conspiracy theories about the FBI, we have conspiracies about this. We have people, you know, shooting up pizza parlors because of, of conspiracy theories about draining the swamp of of this and that. Just boom, 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 and that's why Bears Ears is being hit. There's two reasons. One, it's simple money. Yeah, it's uranium. It's a lot it's of money, things. and, and, and right. that's yeah. always been. But the can problem. we talk about the Can we talk about the uranium bit a little more before we go on back on the point I'm trying to make? I mean, yeah, like, go for what, it. What's going on there? No, I, no, it's not me. It's uh, Sarah. You know, sounds like you know more about this than I do. So I'm saying, uh, it's it's mainly allegations. There are uh, minor deposits of uranium within some of the areas that were declared part of the Bears Ears National Monument, and that was some of the kickback when the uh, National Monument was declared uh, during uh, Obama's administration. Um, the It's just very suspect that the areas that are being trimmed out of the Bears Ears National Monument are the areas that happen to be adjacent to and possibly full of uh, uranium and that these trimmings will benefit. There is an actual uranium mine there uh, the, they'll benefit the borders of this uranium mine. So it's it's if you and want what to you just and what you just described it, there what you, you just go. what you just exclaimed is is a conspiracy theory, but one it that is. is quite logical. Um, th- apparently, there's there's some evidence that a, a large uranium mining company, in fact, yeah, contacted the Trump administration. Mm-hmm specifically and expressly to complain about lands in Bears Ears that they wanted removed yep. from the mine. And lo and behold, right. those are the lands that were part of the thing. Yeah. No, I mean, make, yeah. making that kind of a, an outlay for a single individual, that's quite a corker. <laughs> oh, 
my god. Um, yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean, I use a corker in the old old timey sense of the word. Nothing at all involving uh, uh, a senator from Tennessee. No, no, no. no. Um, there's also, um, and this is a lot. This is again a very serious thing that that in some on on par- parts of the Navajo reservation where there are old uranium mines that have never been um, mm-hmm. mitigated. Uh, cancer rates and strange, bizarre cancers that are not seen like yeah. anywhere else in the United States are concentrated among Navajo and especially Navajo children. So it's it's not you know these 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 mines have never been addressed by the by a super fund or they're just left to to give off radiation and it's a, directly affecting the health of of uh, of Navajo. Well, again, we so we, you, we saw the respect given to the Navajo code talkers recently. So. Well, yes. I mean, let's be fair. Yeah. I, I mean, no, it's easy to land blast him for the fact that he doesn't even know what a code talker is. So screw him. But we have an incredibly bad history as a country of being respectful to anyone who happens to be Native American. So, I mean, this is just more shit on top of the shit that we've already shoveled on these these lands and these peoples. And it's just honestly, we should just be ashamed of ourselves. I'm just I'm sorry. But let's go to break on that happy note. Well, what, here's, here's the thing, though. That what, what enrages me is how Zinke, in his announcement, talks about having been in contact with the, with the, the most affected parties in scaling back Bears Ears. And he specifically mentioned Native Americans. The, 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 the yeah, he was in contact with them long enough to be like, screw you. But the, the designation of Bears Ears was inspired by a coalition of tribes. Yeah. The Navajo, the Hopi, the Zuni, uh, and two two bands of the Utes. Mm-hmm. And the Navajo and Hopi don't get along very well. To get those two tribes to come together and, and f- as part of a coalition to fight for um, designating a, an area as as a national monument is a big deal. Yeah. The 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 Navajo you you probably can find individual Navajo who say no this is a bad idea. But the tribe th- this is a government I, the tribal governments have supported this from the very beginning and they're the ones who are yeah. suing. They're among the among the litigants who are, who say they're going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. Whether or not they will win is an issue that I think only lawyers can ultimately solve. And and I wish them the best of luck and I think they probably have a fairly decent case. I'm not going to make any predictions because I don't really know enough. Um, and my cynical side comes out in these situations, but I feel like they actually have a chance this time. And I wish them the best of luck. Here's, here's, yeah, here's the deal. There's nothing in the Antiquities Act that specifically allows a president to rescind exactly. the nomination or to change exactly. the boundaries of a nomination. However, presidents, presidents have in the past revisited previous presidents' nominations and even their own and have, in most cases, done little tweaks. Yeah. Um, the people, they will present that as the, the people who support eviscerating bears ears will present those as precedents the lawyers who will be arguing the case against cutting back bears ears will say none of those cases were adjudicated in none of those previous instances did anybody Mm -hmm. go to court so there's no judicial precedent it may be that all of those although they they happened but maybe that all of those were illegal Mm -hmm. if you're a strict constructionist and you believe only what's in the law President has no right to do anything. Once the what is the right to he or she has the right to 
to draw the boundary, but not the right to redraw the boundary. Right. And that has to be an act of Congress, basically. But uh, but this is but this is going to go. This is going to be hope. This will be in the courts for years. Right. Well, it's going to be in the courts for years. And before we go to break, because uh, we are literally going to break after this, um, this will be in the court for years as crappy as it is. It's kind of good that it's happening because, like Ken said, this is going to create a legal precedent. And hopefully it comes yeah. out the way I want it to come out because I I am a big L liberal and think that it should. <laughs> but if it doesn't, it does create a precedent for people to fall back on. And we will finally have a legal definition of what the, the rights of the president mm-hmm. is in these situations. But let's go to break real quick. And when we come back, we'll... Uh, do final thoughts and maybe talk about our fourth season on the air. Interested in archaeology? Want to hear from experts in the field about the latest discoveries and interpretations? Check out the Archaeology Show every other Saturday and let hosts Chris Webster and April Camp Whitaker take you deeper into the story. Check out the Archaeology Show at www.archpodnet.com forward slash archaeology and subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and the Google Music Store. That's www.archpodnet.com forward slash archaeology now back to the show and we are back and do we have final thoughts on bears ears that i don't know do we have final thoughts on bears ears and what's going to happen here well i mean i think that, that I, we've we've kind of given a bit of the context we've given a bit of a, what's what's happened more recently and now it's it's kind of a sit and wait and let's see yeah. what happens when the courts actually uh, make a decision if they decide to decide on whether or not the president That's has the, the right to cut back the monument um I, my understanding is as of right now the monument has not changed no. so that that it's, my understanding is nothing changes probably until this goes to court. Well, is it, is it a recommendation that's been given? Is that what it is? Yeah. So for an executive order then. So that's what you'd be waiting for, right? It has to go through, even without the challenges at the court level, it still has to go through a series of basically reevaluations. They don't even, I mean, they have the areas broken up into what they want it to look like. And now they have to come up with management plans and all that kind of stuff. And until that happens, it's going to stay the way it is until all of the new stuff is put into place, along with the court challenge, which I'm sure is going to complicate things as well. So even though this is complete crap, we've still got probably a year, maybe maybe three or four before we actually see the impact of it. So in all luck, we may not ever see the impact of it. And this will just be one of those crazy things that we chalk up to this administration. But uh, if just to be a uh, one depressing note, and I don't know that's, that's <laughs> usually my job, Ken. You're stealing my job. You're stealing my job. Um, I don't. I don't know the history of this, but you know that because of um, court uh, court case, the state of Wyoming, the president cannot name yes. a national monument in the state of Wyoming. I they heard. There's another heard one that, where yes. he has. They have. They have. Uh, they have withdrawn from the antiquities. Alaska. Oh, in yeah. Alaska, if if it's more than five thousand acres, it has to be. Uh, but these are things that happen at a state level. These are these affect state level. This is going to be a national effect, which is why it's going to take longer. I think. Well, but just but my concern is, what if other states say, "Well, why don't we do what Wyoming did? 
why don't we bring this why don't we bring a court case forward and so that our state is no longer um, subject to the Antiquities Act and then you start losing states again I'm perhaps I'm being paranoid no, but you know, no you're not here. you're not but right, it doesn't remove the things that are within the state already those are still national properties it just prevents uh, new ones from being formed without the state's approval. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, no, there's nothing stopping any, I guess there's nothing stopping any of the other states from doing it to my knowledge, but I'm not a constitutional expert. So don't. So, which, and then the, that brings us back to the fabulous archaeological fan, fantasies podcast that is actually oh, save, am an we are about to save the world by, by talking every couple of weeks about issues like this. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's working. We're going into our fourth year of being on the air as a podcast, and it's we have done a lot of evolving from the very first podcast all the way up to the podcast that we're recording right now. Uh, that's 90 episodes, so we're going to be hitting our 100th episode in 2018, and I feel like we should have like a big party or something. Oh, but yeah, I'm just trying to think what fresh hell we'll, we'll bring for the uh, the 100th episode. I have Sarah, no idea. Is it like TV shows that once we hit once once we hit 100 episodes, we start getting residuals, don't we? Oh, syndication? Yeah. Yeah, syndication. There you go. There you go. And listen – Here's the thing. I know, Sarah, you, you've been with this. This was your baby. You started this back in the day. Then I add, you added me in, and then we added Jeb in. And i got to say, I am incredibly proud of what we've done in this podcast. I think yes. it's informative. It's, it's useful. And I think it, and it's entertaining. And that's uh, – I don't know if you can do better in a podcast. We've covered a lot of really interesting – ground i am and again this is this is not planned for me to say this but i'm going to say it anyway i love <laughs> well i love working with you and jeb I, I i look forward to doing these because i'm going to learn stuff um every time we have a conversation and i'm going to be entertained i'm going to laugh because uh, that's that's it's it's funny but it's funny with a point um and so i've been really happy about what, what we're doing Technical issues aside, right. men in black and mothmen and so forth who just did that, uh, the fact that we get to talk about crazy bullshit, we get to talk about things that are actually not crazy bullshit, but like this, that are very real and very important, and we get to have fun doing it. Uh, mm. I don't know if I would use proud for every single episode. There was the <clears throat> recent crossover we did. Um <laughs> That was not I'm proud of that episode. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I'm proud oh, yeah. that we survived that episode. I am we are we are troopers. Yeah, right no, there. that 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 if it did not kill us and therefore it made us stranger. But um <laughs> but uh but no, we we do actually get to talk about very cool things. And and again, I'm always gratified when I have students or people I meet, people whether they're in archaeology or not, who are like, no, I listen, you you know, da 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 da. Um it, it is great. And again, technical issues aside, when we uh, when we get together, this is a load of fun. It's not like, oh, I got to punch in and talk to Sarah and Ken. You know, that's, that's you know, no, but I mean, no. Yeah, I want to I want to second what Jeb has said, you know, because of, you know, again, this is going to sound like I'm hawking the book again. But because of the my 50 sites book, I've been doing a lot of lectures around here in southern New England. And everywhere I go, at least somebody, at least one person comes up to me and say, oh, I love that archaeological fantasy podcast. We listen to it all the time. So this is something that there's a ripple here that it, it really does have an impact. There are people listening to this, uh, which is really nice. Speaking of which, let me actually not 
promote like that sort of thing. Just promote a thing. Um, if anybody is in the the roughly Dayton area, I will be speaking because this is going to come out in January. I'm guessing. Um, yes, I will be speaking on February seventeenth at the Sunwatch uh, Center uh, south south of Dayton. Uh, between between Cincinnati and Dayton, it's close to Dayton. David Anderson, who we've had on, I want to say either two or three times. Yeah, be, something like that. He'll be talking on Saturday, January. In fact, these are all people who either hosts or guests. Saturday, January twentieth, David Anderson will be talking about the Masonic Key, the influence of Freemasonry on public perceptions of archaeology. I'll be talking about spooky archaeology, which basically allows me to do whatever the hell I want on Saturday, February seventeenth. Um, Brad Schaefer will be talking about Archaeostromy is Not All Bad Saturday, March 17th. And one Kenneth Fader will be speaking about the Goliath of New York, Anatomy of an Archaeological Hoax, which sounds a bit Cardiffy on, April, yeah. on April 21st. So I think, that's, I think that's the 20th. Oh, okay. Well, I, I have I have Andy's email in front of me. Oh, all right. You just yeah. made a complete circle for us by bringing up the Cardiff Giant because one oh, of our, you're right. I that think, the very, the very first episode we ever did with Ken oh. was Ken's right. famous tagline, Giant Naked Men was the Cardiff oh, the Giant. Oh, Giant Naked Guy. Giant Naked Guy. Yep. Well, it sounds like that's what you'll be, you'll, you'll yeah, get yeah, to yeah. see in person. Not the actual Giant Naked Guy because that's in Cooperstown. But, right. Uh, exactly. But yes, so those will be happening. Um, so yeah, just just since this is our beginning of the year, end of year, whatever, that series uh, will be starting soon. So if you're in the area, uh, I wouldn't drive hours and hours to do it. But if you are nearby and you're a listener, uh, you can you can meet one or more of us. Yeah, Village. Village is an amazing place. It's a it's an archaeological site. It's a it's a, a an experimental archaeological site built on the footprint of an archaeological site, and it's a wonderful museum there. It's a great place. Yeah. And I will probably try. I, I can't guarantee. I, I have to check when the SAAs are actually. But as long as it's not the SA weekend, I'd probably be able to come up for when Ken's there on the twenty first of April. Which means Sarah can't be there because there always has to be a designated survivor. Um, <laughs> we're never allowed I, to be uh, in the same I place. Actually, the same time, yeah. Exactly. Only two out of three branches uh, can be there. I will actually be at the SAAs. So oh, yes, there, all, the apocalypse may or may not occur in this April. Uh, we're all. We will all oh. be there in the same space. I know. I'm thinking live recording. This will uh, be the first time that I will ever have seen all of your faces. Yeah, we could. We could. Four years. We could record it. Four years, and we I've could, never re- seen we you. We could record it on magnetic tape and then put it on the leg of a pigeon, and it will be less technically difficult. So, um, <laughs> yes, uh, we can all record in one room, and it'll all be on one track again, like it used to be, and it will just be utter chaos. Yeah, that that will be. There will be chaos. To be and maybe somebody, <laughs> maybe somebody could just like transcribe it on in cuneiform on a tablet. Oh, yes. Uh, just that. get 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 me a block, and we'll do some my hieroglyphs. We'll do some my hieroglyphs. <laughs> oh, that's fine too. Uh, and then we'll, we'll then we'll replicate them in three D printing and send them to people in our Patreon. Oh wait, that's somebody else. But um, yeah. so I'm looking forward to the coming year, and hopefully we will get these technical glitches. Yeah, which I mean, we all, we, we, it's not. This is not the first time we've had them. Right. Um, and I'm looking forward. I have not put in. I don't want to name the conference, but I'm looking forward to doing an international conference on these kinds of topics. So, uh, if I do end up doing that, I will make announcements in case there are people in um, the UK 
that want to uh, cool. do that. I, I have not confirmed that. Uh, and it'll be that'll be happening around the time that Spooky Archaeology Myth and the Science of the Past will be coming out on June fifteenth. And yeah, cool. uh, it's, it's a perfect beach read. So you know you got to yeah, buy that and then go to the beach not, and read Spooky not, Archaeology. I'm not really sure that's actually how it's that works. Good book. Well, <laughs> it's a good book. I'm yeah, be getting, all the articles are good to read. I'm going to be getting my fill of that book over the next few weeks because guess who's indexing it? I actually like indexing. So, uh, um, but yes, that's well, more power. Yeah, that's my you, that's man. my December. Yeah. Index, indexing is, is, I think indexing is really hard and it sucks, but you will do a better index of your own work than any professional indexer will ever do. And when you're done. And as someone, as someone who has to use said indexes, I truly appreciate a well done index. I so love doing thank you it. for I, taking your December to I, do that. I find it really fulfilling. I have in, indexed two edited volumes so far, and only when I indexed them did I truly, really appreciate those books. Like yeah, I, oh, I, no, I absolutely. I had been an editor on them. I'm like, oh, okay, here's the problems, blah, 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 blah. But then I'm like, wait, here's a connection here and a connection here. <gasps> The whole thing makes sense now, <laughs> and and yeah. Seen well, now since I wrote this one entirely, I'm not sure that will happen because it's like, well, I already know these connections, so maybe it'll just be like, oh, this has to happen, and it's fine. But nah, you'll just start making little notes for your next. That's book already been you'll happening. Be like, oh yeah, this like, thing and this thing. The, yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the whole like UFOs on the cover of the New York Times thing has given me many things this week. Just saying. Maybe we'll talk about that in the future. Oh New York but, Times. Yeah. Oh New York Times. Yeah, we should probably hit on that. All right. I personally am very glad that you two have stuck with the podcast this long as you have, because God knows it has had its moments. And I am glad that our listeners are still listening to us after four years. Well, three years, we're going into the fourth. And we're hoping to continue bringing you the same uh, high caliber quality podcast that we have in the past. And if you don't believe me that things have changed, go back and listen to our first couple episodes and then listen to our most recent ones. And you yeah, know, we, swore, we swore a lot less. <laughs> we actually kind of <laughs> did. But I, as far as like quality of sound, that's improved a lot. Quality of content has improved a lot. We have had some fantastic guests uh, that have come on. We have covered some really controversial topics on top of just really fun topics. And I plan to take that forward in the future where we're going to continue to talk about the weird and the wacky, but at the same time, hit on relevant topics that are, you know, in the news and, and in people's minds at the time, like the Times News UFO thing. It doesn't apparently, it doesn't seem to have an apparent connection to archaeology up front, but as we start taking no, it's it's not, further it's, and it's, further. It's, 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 it's interesting, uh, and there are lots of cool things, and actually could get into archaeology, but that really would be... We don't talk about aliens enough anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. Remember when y'all had me on for that crazy, like, initial two hours where I just, like, terrified you right. and then it all turned out to be true? It, it, would have to be a con- <laughs> it would have to be a conversation like that. Another two-hour conversation is what you're saying? That would be terrifying and then turned out to be true, yes. Did either of you guys listen to the, the press conference immediately following the House vote? Because no. one of the no. reporter actually did ask 
Sarah Huckabee about the UFOs. What does what does Trump have to say about it? And she said, "Well, we've had a lot of other things to discuss, so I haven't talked about it with him." And then she moved on. While That's while conspiracy stuff <laughs> and that gets into UFOs is big in his base, I don't think it doesn't yeah. seem to be a thing he cares about. Um, and again, this there was actually a ton of politics, and I don't really want to get into it. It's not on topic. It is on topic for our show, but to get into it at that level would be yeah, we're not doing that now. All right. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes. Yep. And I hope you guys, I hope our listeners stick with us going forward into 2018, because if you liked what you've heard in the last three years, just be prepared for more of that. So, you guys, thanks for being on the show. And Absolutely. I will Thank talk you to together. you later yep. in 2018. Thanks for listening to the Archaeological Fantasies podcast. You can find links to the items mentioned on the show at our website at www.archpodnet.com slash archiefantasies. Like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Be sure to share this episode with your friends on social media. Follow Sarah's Archiefantasies blog at www.archiefantasies.com. You'll also find the show on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook, also at Archiefantasies. Music was provided by Archeosoup at Archeosoup Productions. Thanks again for listening. We don't do dinosaurs! This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. See? Are you happy? Do you get it now? Do you get it?